Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. All right, we're back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. You know, the vibes are high. Energy is good. Doing those podcasts at 7 o'clock p.m. on a Sunday after an L, it hurts. I'm not going to lie. It's not that fun. I know listeners don't. It was don't... worse at midnight. Oh, midnight, yeah. And all these crimes, <laughs> you still have to go. Yeah, that was bad. I'm still anti-Sunday night football, and I don't care who feels differently about it. If you like prime time, well, good news for you. One week from Monday, they have another one. One week from next month, I'm screwing up. One week from next Monday, because they play the uh, Atlanta Falcons at Pecor Stadium on Sunday, and then they go to Cleveland for a little primetime action. So we'll get one more 1 o'clock game in in between. But let's talk about what just happened in Louisiana. Something about that Superdome, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow. And I'm just convinced that the coaching staff reads Twitter. I don't advise because I wouldn't. I would stay far away from social media. You got to sort through a lot of stuff. You got to sort through a lot of stuff. They're jumping in the spaces because I listen to those sometimes and I truly enjoy them because they're just different perspectives from from the fan base. And I like to hear what everyone thinks or feels. And I like a good conversation. But I honestly feel that the coaching staff changed a lot up this week. I joked with Paul Daner when Zach Taylor said last week that you get an offensive coordinator, you got the quarterback coach, you get the head coach. Everybody's kind of making that decision or going over that play before it gets to Joe Burrow. And I said, well, they need to make it like a Chick-fil-A drive through make it a little easier, make it work. It's not working right now. And it seemed to work okay. I mean, there's still some, some things to figure out offensively, but it's really hard to complain when they put up 30 and Joe looked the way he did. But play calling was an issue last week. It's been an issue and topic for, for a couple of years now in Cincinnati. How do you feel like Zach Taylor did today? I thought he did well. Um, 
So they had two snaps from under center. One was a kneel and one was a QB sneak. And I think they're just fully into this spread shotgun offense. And that is the better part. Like what I've been saying that like that part's looked fine. It's the under center stuff they couldn't figure out. And they're just whatever, throw it out. Cause we can run from the gun. And I know they keep saying like, it's better from under center. And I agree when you're thinking theoretically on chalkboard and you're talking about the angles and uh, everything lining up perfectly. That's better from under center. It just is. But if you can effectively run from the gun, which they did, Joe Mixon, 5.6 yards of carry again. He's over five, two, two weeks in a row, two weeks that he was running from the gun. So you get these gun runs and you can run them effectively. Now it looks like your, your pass game and your run game are the same thing. So that actually mixes together because before it was like so much of, well, how are they going to make the under center stuff look like the run? And that's not working and it's not working and blah, blah, blah. But look, just go to the gun and it's going to look fine. I know that the linebacks can read it better because of the angle that they're watching, but just in general looks better. Um, I like the offense. I like the play calling the, I think I had an issue and I'm trying to remember what it was. If I'm going to talk about one of the issues I had, but I can't even remember right now off the top of my head. I, no, I can't think of it right now. Maybe I'll see it on rewatch. I don't remember there being anything egregious. That's the main concern. Um, look like, Nothing. I, I just keep thinking back. It's like, yeah, I guess like you could argue about not calling timeouts when the Saints were doing their thing or trying to force them to go out of bounds rather than keeping them in bounds. But whatever. It's like those are things, but they're not the end of the world to me. And definitely did not care, like I said, about giving the Saints too much time to score a touchdown. I thought, whatever. Oh, I guess an issue is why did they go for two? I didn't even know. Whatever it was like, go up six versus going up five. I don't think it mattered, but I was just no, like, just it really didn't. I think it, of, I don't. Yeah, just I, I, get rid of a play. <laughs> like, yeah, let's see if this one works. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of time for them to kick two field goals for that. No, that's, that's and if they score a touchdown, they score a touchdown. Like you're down at five, they go up. I guess if you get that, the most they can go up is three. Like I'm trying to really think about this. Yeah. Like, but why would they go for two if they went up? It I was all for it though. I was like, yeah, go for two. <laughs> it was in the moment. It was like, yeah, he's being aggressive. And then I'm like looking back. I'm like, why the hell did he do that? Oh, uh, okay. No, Nick no that's such a stretch. So, I don't know. Nick is right. Well, but, like, Nick would I know. Think of that. I Nick would know. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Nick would know saying. because it's week one. Yeah, give yourself a chance to block the extra point if you give up the touchdown. Maybe. My immediate thought is just like that's such a small chance. Like to me, I was like, who cares? Like they're you know, probably not blocking it. <laughs> I mean, look, Nick would know the Steelers <laughs> won because they were able to block an extra point. That's just such a rare occurrence to me that I don't think of that as a possibility. Um, what was the time the Bengals have blocked an extra point? I cannot think of less than they've I blocked an extra point. Like that's such a hard one too, because it's usually quicker and they don't need to drive it as low, they can really drive it up high. Yeah, no, and, and uh, for people who are listening, obviously the audio version, Nick is our producer. He's a Pittsburgh, um, I want to say native, I'll probably screw this up again, but he's a Steelers fan. And we're joking because he put on the screen, gave yourself a chance to block the extra point if you give up a TB maybe. Because I don't know, maybe he was being maybe he was being honest there. Maybe that wasn't a jab at uh, what happened week one against the Bengals and Steelers. But uh, no, Nick is the best. Uh, but yeah, no, with Zach Taylor, if you can't think of really reasons to be upset about it, then um then that's a good thing because like, you know oh I'm you're sorry. watching, was, you're watching. Okay, yeah, so, I, so, I just watched Josh Allen hurdle guy sorry 
little behind the scenes. We are recording this. Not only are we excited to talk about a win, this team gets to 500, but the Kansas City Chiefs and the Bills are currently playing as we record this. The last time I checked, it was under two minutes. The Bills have it in KC territory. And I don't know what's happening because I'm delayed, but we're recording this and we have a lot to talk about. There's a really exciting AFC game going on right yeah, now. Josh, Josh Allen hurdled a guy uh, and well, landed on his feet and kept running. It wasn't one of those that he got hit and whatnot, but yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, like I keep coming with things. It's like, maybe they should have fed Mixon when Burrow was a little bit off earlier, but then also it's like, well, then Burrow warmed up and he was nails after that. So should they have? I know Mixon's running well, but he's also running well probably because he's getting these opportune looks. It, he's not running when they don't need him to, which has well, been that- an issue earlier. I'd prefer they were on the passing side of that. I thought the play calls were good. The play designs were good. I thought everything about it was like, yeah, that was that was a good idea. Uh, and the worst I got to was like, I probably want to run that, but I see the idea. <laughs> you know, like or I get it. Um, so whatever. I the offense was just great. This is what I want to see from the offense. And that's with them starting with like three straight three and outs or uh, one first down and like the first three drives. It's like, God, that, that sucks. And they had a muff kick. Uh, this game shouldn't have been as close as it was. And I was thinking that early again, I never want to jinx these things, but when it was halftime and they were losing, I was like, I mean, we're a jet sweep and a fumbled kick, uh, fumbled punt from this being like the Bengals are up two scores. Uh, and it should have been. It should have been that way. Because here's the thing: that if that doesn't happen, that was a completely different ball game. And if they could have stopped a couple third and longs, I mean, that was a different. That game wasn't even close. And I mean, you got to take what you do. It's hard to win in the NFL. They were able to get the win, and that is exciting. I, I think the biggest thing from this game is something we haven't seen all season. We've talked about it in the first 22 minutes of the podcast, and it's the offense. It's the offense confidence, and it's your quarterback Joe Burrow. Because I wanted to see Joe Burrow again. Yeah, maybe it wasn't a full game, but it was the most we've seen from him to look back and say that is number nine. That's who we saw last year. That's the guy who kept them atop of the AFC. When Burrow made that guy miss in the backfield, when they start spinning around and makes another guy miss as he's running, then hits Tyler Boyd for the first down on third down. That was like, oh, okay, this is like peak Joe Burrow. He's back. You know, like we haven't seen that that much. Like if he'd run, he'd run and scramble. If he'd, and he did have a big scramble earlier, but whatever. Uh, He wasn't like looking downfield and picking those up through the air that often, or like it would just be, there was one to chase earlier. Like he, extend the play and it would be a slightly off pass or something or the wide receiver and him weren't on the exact same mind meld but this time they were in fact i, I watched the dots i haven't watched the all 22 or anything like that but i watched the dots i was like boy just kind of sits there he's like all right i'm open just whenever these guys get away from joe he's gonna throw it to me and he did but it was like he just kind of sat there like nobody is here i'm here to pick up the first down Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports 
Center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, and when you when you 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 pass the ball along to all the weapons that you currently have, even if you're throwing it up to Joe Mixon at times, or you finally get your run game going, your offensive line is the best you've had in Cincinnati since your day one here. Man, it has to feel good for Joe. It really does. That just the way it's all clicking right now, and I think that was a huge confidence booster that we need to see going forward. I want to get to the defensive side in our last segment, but I want to bring up more of the wide receiver room and just the picture as a whole. Besides Jamar Chase, I know T. Higgins. He was there. He was out there. So there's optimism that. Yeah, that yeah, T's, T's coming back from from his injury. Obviously, guys aren't ever going to be 100% when they're battling any lingering issue. What he was dealing with was with his ankle. I didn't think he was going to play today. I honestly didn't. He went light in practice all week, was questionable. And then he comes out there in pregame. I'm like, okay, T's going to give it a go. And obviously, when you have T Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd out there, this is the offense we, we've talked about since the day they drafted Jamar Chase of what it can be. And there's no other wide receiver room that you can really compare to it when you have all these three wide receivers and they're on. I, I didn't, it felt like T almost, I don't know if it's like the ankle bothering him, but he did have that one drop. It was like, ah, oh, man. And I think his mom actually tweeted out. She did. <laughs> yeah, she was like, get your head in the game, T, or something like that. I, I love like, her honesty so much. Uh, I was like, oh, man. I'm making it. excuses, but it's just like, yeah, like I think the ankle or something is bothering. He's thinking about that and it hits him in the hands. He's like, come on, man. And like he's just out of rhythm because he didn't practice twice this week, had a limited one for his other one. So I, I get it. I get why this stuff happens, but it was a little bit of like, oh man, if T was going too. And then he had that dunk on Demario Davis, which was not so much on Demario Davis, but I'm going to say it was because why not? You make a jumping, spinning catch like that over top of a linebacker. I think it's a dunk. Uh, so that, that was a great catch. Good to see him back. Thought Boyd played really well. Um, Hurst did what he usually does. He gets just only a couple balls, but he runs so hard after that. <laughs> did it again where he's like, he's going to get stopped for a three-yard game. It's like, he's churning, he's churning, he's churning. All right, nine yards. He got six extra yards just by you know, putting his head down and carrying two defenders as he falls down. So, Ooh, uh, anyway, I, I, yeah, this is, I, this is the hardest job we've ever had because we were recording this time game of the week. Josh Allen went up 24, 20. There's about 51 seconds left on my computer as I'm watching this. And this would just be a huge one for the bills. Obviously a little bit of a revenge game and the AFC picture. And that factors in with Cincinnati right now. They're not out of it. They're just getting started, obviously offensively. So uh, this game is, is huge factor in effect, but we are, yeah, we are recording this with, with about 50 seconds left in that game. And this is, um this is hard. Yeah. Bill's just got a interception of 50 seconds left. I think that's game. So I can stop game, being distracted. Ball game, ball ball game, game. I think as long as the bills don't really screw this up. So I think I can stop being a little bit distracted. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I loved I liked all the pass. I just think the offense in general, like this is what you look for. And this is a 
to me on the on paper, and I know they didn't have Marshawn Lattimore, but they still have dudes. They still have Tyron Matthews, they still have Marcus May, they still have the entire defensive line, Cam Jordan, David Onyemata, uh, all these guys that are like really good players. And then you have Demario Davis, Pete Werner. It's like, yeah, Chris Harris Jr. is on that team. I forgot about that until I saw him against Boyd, and I was like, yeah, he can still play too. It's like all these guys are dudes. And on paper, this is still a good defense without Latimer with a good coach in Dennis Allen. And they scored 30. And they didn't even play well the entire game. So kudos. I thought this is what – whenever I pictured the offense as the season was going, especially going into last week, I was like, I think what they need to get to is basically what this looked like today where you're getting your super talented players in space, isolated, and doing that, all that stuff that made them awesome last year. But you're also getting these downhill runs to really attack these real light boxes and everything. You're just getting downhill quick. These safeties aren't able to fill as fast as you're getting downhill. And then Mixon also does, every once in a while, just does that like slow stop. Everybody hates that dancing in the backfield thing they always hear about on my mentions about Mixon's dancing too much. Well, sometimes when he's dancing, he gets an extra six yards, so it's fine. Uh, I don't know. I, I Give and take. It's like when Burrow creates out of structure. It's like that's Mixon creating out of structure to me. He's dancing so that he can get a lane to open up or he can make a guy abandon his gap as he shifts to try to make the tackle. I don't know. I love the offense in this game. I hope it continues next week against Atlanta. It needs to – I think it will need to be this way when they play the Browns, although that defense for the Browns has looked terrible. Uh, I think I think they've got a – this is a good get right. If they can just win these next three games and go 4-0 in this stretch, I think that puts them right in the driver's seat for the AFC North. See – we say just if they can just do that. I well, because I think they should be favored in all of them. They That's should. why. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. If you look at a lot of games this season, they've been favored in a lot of them. And that's what makes me. But but I agree. I think that this felt different. This felt 2021 for me. Not the defensive stuff, because the defense has been really good last season and this year leading up to this game. And I just I saw things where I'm like, this is what we see, we saw last year. This is what this offense should be. It should be explosive. The thing is, I mean, they could have probably put up. 35 36 like they could have done that too and it just kind of felt like a light day but the offense still gets 30 and I think that that is optimistic if you get started early it's a probably a whole different ball game they win by two to three different two to three scores and to see what to see them get rolling in the second half is huge in the second and third quarter and something we just we just haven't seen all season so I'm optimistic this is the first time the offense carried the defense. Um, that's the story of the game to me, is that the offense was able to overcome the defense's shortcomings and take them to the promised land with uh, their uh, their first victory after a, not a great defensive performance. So at first, not great defensive performance of the season and didn't matter. Yep. Let's get to the not so great part, but it didn't really matter because they still won next time. It's always game day in Cincinnati.